0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than a Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polo. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those who want a subtle and sleek-looking design. They also have fun tees, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. You know when you're golfing, the sun's beating down, and you want to take your shirt off because of the heat? these polos almost feel like you aren't wearing one at all. Are your polos getting outdated and dingy time to get new ones that will make you stand out on the golf course. You need Mahler bros golf signature polos. Their polos are comfortable, slim fitting and will make you look good and feel good while you're golfing with the guys. You know, Subie, I live here in Scottsdale, Arizona. It can be real hot during the summer. And what I'm always looking for is something that's going to wick that moisture away and make me feel like I'm wearing nothing at all. That's what you get here with Mahler bros golf polos. Also, us being sponsored by Belly Up Media. They have Belly Up t-shirts you can buy at MaulerBros.com as well. That's Maulerbros.com backslash Belly Up. Mahler Bros doesn't only have polos, but they have really fun golf t-shirts that you can wear anywhere. Maybe like the barbecue your family invited to you, or even that get together with your friends. Make sure to let them know where you got that shirt and wear it proudly. I'm gonna wear mine this weekend during March Madness. Don't wait to try your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off. M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros. polos. Mahler Bros. golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good.
1: You're listening to Theater and College Hoops. I'm Suby riding solo today. No tailored ammo, but... Not totally solo. I have another guest. The week of guests rolls on. We got a Yukon representative who's actually been on the program before a theater goer himself and a huge supporter of theater and college hoops. He was in Vegas last weekend to watch that dismantling of Arkansas and Gonzaga in person. He will be heading to Houston as well. It's a great friend of the program. UConn super fan, Andrew Moynihan. He jumps on to discuss everything Vegas and look forward to Houston and really just talk shop about UConn. Uh, it was a terrific conversation. I am incredibly jealous of the man. I swear he, him and the rest of UConn fans, they just go dormant for 10 years. But when they wake up, they wake up with a silver spoon in their mouth. Not much to worry about. I mean, think about this year. They've just been dominant. <laughs> throughout all of their uh, tournament. And and that's something that we've seen and, and, and it's not, it's not shocking. I'm not breaking any news here, but it was a really fun conversation with Moyne and uh, excited to bring that to you. If you're, if you're trying to put yourselves in the shoes of a winner, listen to this. All right. Most likely your team is uh, a loser and f- has fallen short kind of like my team. But we can all aspire or at least admire and have that pie in the sky uh, and listen to a Yukon fan and maybe we can ride his coattails. But we got Moyn coming up later in this episode. We're brought to you by Belly Up Media. Go download, subscribe, rate, and review us on whichever device it is that you use. Your college hooper of the day, Denim Brown. I'm pretty sure I've used him before in the past. It's tough getting all of these somewhat obscure hoopers, but... In the spirit of UConn and in the spirit of UConn versus Jim Laranega, I don't think that's a storyline many people have tapped into, but Denim Brown, if you rewind uh, back to 2005, he actually had a coast-to-coast layup against Laranega's George Mason team, I believe, to force overtime, which the Huskies eventually lost. But Denim Brown was a really solid player, so he is your college hooper of the day. Check out the website at theaterandcollegehoops.com and make sure to follow us at CBB theater to find out where the feet is. You can also follow Taylor at Taylor. Damel. Let's open the curtains. All right. As teased so in the intro, we got Andrew Moynihan coming up here in a little bit uh, to give us some great perspective on Yukon. He has some awesome Vegas stories. It's Vegas. It's the Sweet 16. One of the best venues to go to pretty much any any time of year. But I can tell you the Sweet 16 is the perfect time to go it, uh, to, to Las Vegas. A lot of people will say the first weekend, round of 64, round of 32. That might be overdoing it, if that's even a thing. But it, it very well could be overdoing it. The Sweet 16 is the perfect amount of matchups, the sweet spot where you can settle in for a good couple hours into the sports book and watch these games while also enjoying – Some of the other great things that Vegas has to offer like buffets. Sorry, I'm a slob. Like a show if you need to with uh, your significant other. So, Or just walk along the strip. But I think the Sweet 16 weekend is awesome. And Moyne was there, and it it just adds to it that he was able to see the likes of Bill Murray and Jim Calhoun and see his favorite team absolutely roll over Arkansas and Gonzaga. So we talk a little bit about that, and we talk a little bit about – what we can expect in Houston and the other three teams in the final four. And that's what I just want to shed some, some light on provide my two cents. So first and foremost, we got FAU San Diego state. I want us all to just take a step back, gather ourselves and really let it sink in. I mean, really, really let it marinate like a good piece of meat. Let it marinate that dusty may or Brian Dutcher are going to be coaching for a national title. Nothing short of remarkable, really. Dusty May had, I think, The Athletic posted an article earlier this week basically saying that Dusty May had instant, uh, what's what's the term, buyer's remorse. When he inked that deal with FAU, I think he took a look around the facilities and everything sur- surrounding this Owls program And he broke down into tears and he said he committed career suicide. Now look at him. It's it's what you make of it. Now I would advise Dusty next step. He goes, maybe do a little bit more homework, your due diligence. So you don't have that buyer's remorse, but Hey, what do I know? The guy's coaching in a final four right now. And on the other side, you got Brian Dutcher. Who's been just an absolute lifer, a real true lifer under Steve Fisher, the legendary Steve Fisher. And he has, San Diego state one went away from uh, the NCAA title game. And it's funny. We, we talk about the mountain West. We talk about their ineptitude really when it comes to the tournament, I think they've lost. They were outside of San Diego State, and including San Diego state, I should say, but entering this, they had 10 straight losses, something along those lines. And now San Diego stays the first mountain West team, In the final four, really just tremendous stuff. Now, when I look at the game itself, San Diego state, I'm wondering how many times can they continue to get away with this? The only real convincing win they've had is against Furman. Now, San Diego state, we know they play a tough minded defense. They're so scrappy. They're so tough. But I'm just wondering at what point does the lack of production for Matt Bradley catch up with them? They need some production from Matt Bradley. He is, in my estimation, their best and most skilled and potent offensive player. He's had some rough games, shooting-wise at least, the last couple of games, and they've survived. And they beat great teams like Alabama. But I don't know if that's going to fly here against the Owls. Nice pun. But uh, that's what I'm going to be looking for. I'm going to be looking to see if Matt Bradley can get off the schneid because he's a really, really good player. Really terrific player, a transfer from Cal. He's he's an elder statesman. Statesman. He's a vet. It's it, a big matchup. Is going to be him and John L. Brown, uh, John L. Davis, excuse me. So I'm going to be looking forward to that, and I, I do think that Dutcher has to get them or get Matt Bradley going early. Uh, I'm also going to be looking at the matchup potentially between Nathan Mensah. And Ladee versus uh, Mr. Vlad Golden. Golden was the best player against Kansas State for FAU. Can he bring his lunch pail and his hard hat against the epitome of a lunch pail hard hat team in SDSU? That's going to be an interesting matchup uh, down low. And I, I tweeted this, but there's rebounding in March and then there's rebounding every other month. Vlad Golden was ripping down rebounds with such ferocity against Kansas State that I couldn't help but be impressed. He's going to need to do that in the trenches against this Aztec team. So I think I know what I'm going to get from John L. Davis. He's been really steady throughout this entire tournament. I think the key, though, is going to be Matt Bradley. That's the one player I'm looking for forward to watching because the stakes are higher you're in the final four you're playing a very good team don't let the fau label the mid-major label fool you this is a team that's won 30 plus games in my estimation i was most shocked that sdsu got to this point got to houston out of the four teams yeah sdsu was the most shocking to me fau uh like i said look at their record look at look at look at the fact that they've been ranked throughout this season they're a strong team so FAU SDSU is going to be a lot of fun. My official prediction: I think Dusty May gets it done. I really do. Uh, I think they can. I think they can outlast San Diego State, and we're going to see the nine seed FAU Owls play for a title on Monday night. On the flip side, we got UConn. We got Miami. Now, on the right side of the bracket with UConn and Miami, I'm not terribly shocked that these two teams are in the final four. FAU STSU? Yeah, a little bit shocking. Despite what I said about FAU, it's still shocking that they're here. But FA or excuse me, but Miami and UConn, the way UConn was rolling into the tournament, they were a trendy Final Four pick. I've been saying since early February that I want to take Miami to the Final Four. I just didn't have the balls to do it. So shame on me. But Miami just doesn't get flustered. They don't get, they don't get tense. They don't get nervous. They've taken some big punches this tournament and they just are so even keeled and steady, right? They, they probably shouldn't have beat Drake. They were down 13 to Texas. Didn't matter. And we can talk all day about the the guards and they're tremendous. Of course, they're really magnificent, but I'm looking at Wuga Poplar. All right. He might be the X factor here uh, for the Canes and Norchad O'Meara. They're gonna be they're gonna be outmanned as it relates to size because you're going up against Donovan Kling Klingin and Adama Sinogo, and Klingon has been such a lightning rod off the bench. He's gonna protect the rim, he's gonna swallow up rebounds, he's gonna rim run. Donovan Klingon doesn't get enough credit for his rim, ru- rim running ability and his finishing ability. So the question is how is Norchad Omir gonna get it done down low? He's really going to have to gobble up as many rebounds as he can with good box outs. Um, So I give the advantage, though, to UConn down low. The guard play. Which Andre Jackson is going to show up? Is it going to be the Andre Jackson that we've seen? And I guess he's a forward as well, point forward. But Andre Jackson had uh, some timid play earlier in the season, but right now he's firing on all cylinders. He needs to continue that effort against one of the best backcourts in America, Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong. That's going to be a fun matchup to watch. Uh, I I think one of the other X factors in this game might be Tristan Newton. I think Miami's going to seriously, seriously key in on Jordan Hawkins, who has just been lights out. Such a quick release, he's been such a menace from the three point line. So I think Miami's going to really load up on him as it relates to perimeter shooting, coming off screens, he will be ready to shoot easy, quick kickouts on offensive rebounds. Miami, I think, is going to be a good enough defensive team to lock in on Jordan Hawkins. Can Tristan Newton give UConn maybe eight to ten points? That's something that I'm going to be watching for. So the two key factors uh, on the SCSU-FAU side, Matt Bradley, UConn versus Miami, I'm really looking to see what Tristan Newton can do because I think Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong are going to get theirs. I think Andre Jackson is going to disrupt the game like he usually does. I give the advantage on the front court to Sonogo and Klingon, and if Sonogo can facilitate like he did against Gonzaga, it may may be enough. But can Tristan Newton provide something uh, for UConn? Because I think when you get to the Final Four, The big guys, obviously, they step up, but you also know that the opponent is going to be keying in on them. And I I promise you there's a player on Miami, I don't know who it is, probably their best shooter in practice, acting as Jordan Hawkins. And when he gets the ball, it's it's alert, alert, alert. And it's close out on him. Do not even let him get it above his shooter's pocket. I'll almost guarantee Jim Laranega's uh, running through that in practice. And how about that as a little storyline, which I also discussed in the in the intro. Jim Laranega going up against UConn. We've seen this before, not in the Final Four, but we have seen this before. And I, if you're a prudent UConn fan, you know about 2005. You know about that George Mason team that upset you. Is it time for a little get-back? Is it time for a little revenge? We'll see. My prediction, it's impossible to go up against UConn right now. I simply can't do it. I cannot go against UConn with the way that they're playing. Uh, so I'm going to take UConn to outlast Miami in what I believe will be a shootout. I think this is going to be one of the most exciting games. So we're going to get UConn versus FAU. <sighs> And then I might as well just go with Dusty May because I want the the fun of it, and I know my guest here Moyn can appreciate that. And it's probably not the best way to lead into this intro because we do a lot of ass kissing for UConn, and I know I'm going against pretty much every metric, everything in my head. But why not? At this point, I think you just got to root for FAU. How in the world? This is how in the world is SDSU in the Final Four, and they're still probably not the fan favorite or Miami for that matter. Uh, it's really remarkable. So this final four is going to be a blast. My official picks I'm going to go FAU uh, against Yukon in the title game. And then FAU somehow is your national champion. We'll see if that, uh, if that plays out, but without further ado, let's go ahead and get to our interview and our great discussion with amazing friend of the program, ardent supporter of theater and college hoops. But most importantly, UConn fan, Andrew Moynihan. All right, we welcome back a very familiar face, a very avid theater goer. Thank thank you to this man who I'll introduce here in a second. Uh, But most importantly, a UConn diehard. We got Andrew Moynihan back in the building. Moynihan, you were on this program, I think a couple years ago now, and here you are, your team in the final four. Thanks for joining us, man.
2: Yeah, great to be on Subi. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me back. Um, yeah, as you can hear, I'm still recovering from from the Sweet 16 in Las Vegas, but uh, I'll do my best to push through here.
1: Oh my, yeah, it, it, what a what a what a burden for you. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable, unbelievable. So you you were in Vegas. You made the power purchase, right? What was that thought process like after they? Uh, beat Iona, and then who did they smash round of 32?
2: Uh, So after Iona, it was St. Mary's. Again, another, it's it's
1: tough to, it's tough to decipher all the ass whoopings. A lot of
2: smashings going on. Yeah. A lot of smashings, but, uh, (laughs) you know, it's, it's funny. Um, so my, my birthday comes like right before March madness. And so every year my wife's like, Oh, what do you want to do? Like, you know, should we go somewhere? Should we do something fun? I'm like, Nope, I'm going to sit on my couch, uh, especially if Yukon's in there and I'm going to, I'm going to watch the theater, you know? So, um, it just turned out, you know, same thing happened. Uh, and, UConn was fortunate to make the Sweet 16 on Tuesday, I would say before the game, we pulled the trigger on flights, on tickets, and just balled out. It was awesome. I can get
1: into it. Now, no, I want you to get into it. But for context, we've been there Sweet 16 weekend in Vegas. That's right. And I remember us just hammering screwdrivers in the morning and we got steak and (sighs) eggs. Yes, sir. uh, I hope your trip this time was a bit more refined. Maybe not dive into everything about Vegas, man.
2: Oh, let's see what I can remember here. Sub. um, there was, there was definitely screwdrivers had in the AM there was buffets hit. Um, but we did, we did go out to dinner. Uh, you know, it was the wife and I, we met up with a few friends. One came from New York. One came from LA. Um, you know, it's Vegas, right? It, it, you know, things, things break, right. You're going to hit highs there. You can't get anywhere else. So, no better place for march madness um and uh, you know I, I gotta say it's our cathedral it, 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 after going once with with you know a bunch of guys during that weekend uh you know we we throw that term around but you know yours is the you know, the couch and you know, have a nice blanket on you some college basketball on i know the shark you know the for the former uh the, the former host here is uh buffalo wild wings but Vegas just takes the cake. It really does. I don't think there's a better place in the world to watch a college basketball sporting event. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to hammer it for uh, the group to go back, maybe get a few, maybe get Taylor in there, maybe get a few of these listeners in there. Let's just let's go nuts next year. I'm in.
1: I'm with you, man. Vegas was a true experience just popping down. Uh, in the sports book or, and I'm sure it's a lot different since the last time we went in 2016, but I'm glad you had the full experience. Where were you? Obviously you were in the building for UConn and then you, well, let me, let me take a step back here. Uh, You were in (laughs) T-Mobile and we'll get to the games in a second, but again, they weren't that compelling. The most compelling part was you sitting directly behind Jim Calhoun.
2: So that was, let me, let me go to the beginning. So, Um, I, I, as I mentioned, I met up with a few friends, they were plugged in with the Yukon alumni association, which I didn't know had any, like, um, any, any, you know, could put on events like this, but they, so in front of New York, New York, the the casino hotel, there's a big like outdoor bar area. And they rented this thing out, had like drink tickets that you could go up at the bar, had the marching band and cheerleaders come in. This is all before the game, because we were the first like game of the lineup um i mean it was insane it was insane like all the the players parents and family were there the ad was there i mean it was it was every yukon um you know alumni who's who kind of thing and um it's it's funny the the main guy who kind of is behind this uh his name's mark d'amelio and i don't know if the last name d'amelio means anything to you but uh the his, his he's he's you know famous or at least semi-famous because his daughters are like tiktok stars like charlie d'amelio if you've heard that name anyway uh i heard all this i feel I like i'm know. too old for that I'm but I, big, i'd take your word i'm not a big tiktok guy but apparently that's the thing and so he was like the master of ceremonies he, he rented a bar at a resort hotel after the game free drinks the whole thing uh for anyone that just a, any yukon fan that wanted to come i mean it was it was wild man so we get, we, we do that before the game. We get in, um, <laughs> my wife and I are sitting in the Arkansas section, of course. Right. So, so we're, we're in the first level, but it's like, it's just a sea of red. They're doing their spirit finger, whoop pig suey, all that shit. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I can curse on the show. Sorry Please do. The family, Please do. family program. I'll, uh, keep it, keep it in check. But, um, so, you know things start pretty tight uh it's like 10 to 10 something like that and then we start to pull away and obviously you know me i get louder and louder as things get better and better for yukon and it it gets to the end and i'm just still screaming my lungs out up 30 points not not caring you know if someone slugs me in the face whatever it's a good story but um it turns out after we, uh, after the games we go we go just to a casino wife and i to gamble and with a few friends I'm playing craps. She's playing at like blackjack at a table behind us. And she's playing with Arkansas fans. And they're like, can I ask you something? Like, is that, is, is that your husband over there playing craps? Like is, are, are you guys Yukon fans? Were you in section 112 And she was like, yeah, why? And the lady goes, Oh, I recognized his voice from the game. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I made, I made my presence felt. Um, but then, you know, after the game there's still ucla gonzaga right they're warming up um uconn fans uh definitely arkansas fans start to trickle out of the stadium and my fr- my friends i was saying that had the, the connection with uconn alumni association had those seats of the picture i showed you probably five rows back and they're like calhoun's in front of us i'm like no way no no way and so yeah i go down um he's sitting there just with with i think it was his son um people are coming up to him a lot. So I did not, uh, I did not ask for a picture or, you know, do anything cause I didn't want to bother him. He was just there to take in the game. Um, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. I mean, you saw the pic, I was directly behind him. It was, it was surreal. The whole, the whole weekend was surreal.
1: In seeing the pick, I didn't need to see his face to know. Yeah, that's Jim Calhoun. And first of all, I don't know why you would ever lie,
2: but <laughs> I was like, I might, I might, don't put it past me.
1: <laughs> Well, no. See, there would be no need to lie because I don't know if there's someone who's been hotter than you, Mister Moynihan. I'm sure. How did you do on the tables? I bet oh, you won well. some money i well. know you did
2: i know yeah i saw this question i saw the the little bit you guys had going of you know I, i'm gonna hit the lottery next what's next for this guy but yeah things are breaking right right now i just gotta ride it you know we gotta ride the wave
1: i forget who said it exactly but yes you're nick papa giorgio from vegas <laughs> vacation right now i don't know put if a dollar in that. win
2: a car put a dollar in win a car put a dollar in win a car yeah you,
1: I'm and, not, he, I'm not you and your away. wife driving home and separate like a ferrari a vet. <laughs> yeah
2: well there's still dude he <laughs> there's still time that's the right. time, you know? Hey, how um, was, uh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just the last thing on, on Calhoun. Um, it was cool. There were a bunch of former players there. Um, Charlie Villanueva, who is for sure recognizable, came up to him, was talking to him for five minutes. Um, a couple other players from, from way back, I, I actually didn't recognize, but um, really, really cool experience to see him there and just taking in. Saw Bill Murray too. Um, a few farther rows up from Calhoun, but, you know, our, our, our newest UConn fan there. Uh, Cause of his son, Luke. So yeah, just a great, just a great weekend.
1: it uh, looked amazing. So I don't know if you heard this on the Mark Titus show, but it, it, uh, I think big cat was on it as well. And Danny Hurley was, was saying, when I took over the program, it was a complete mess, which first of all, I appreciate his candor, Yeah, but he was like, I, it was a complete mess and I was in the office. Just everything was thrashed and Calhoun comes in basically just saying, God damn it. This is Yukon, man. Tighten up! Stop yeah. acting like a baby. Uh, what what did you think about that?
2: So I, I actually didn't hear that. This was the the first time hearing it, but it does not surprise me whatsoever. Um, Calhoun took this program from nothing, from the you know a northeast just regional state school uh, to what we are or what we were uh, in the in the late nineties, early two thousands, up to twenty fourteen. So um, I can absolutely see a lot of of calhoun and hurley in terms of the intensity and the the take no uh take no no shit so um we'll see uh things are i mean i, I think this run we're on right now it's it's unquestionably enormous for this program right um we we're not arizona we're not ucla we're not kentucky or gonzaga even we 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 haven't gone to sweet 16 elite eights in the last 10 years man we've been irrelevant uh which is hard when you consider yourself a blue blood college program and one that wins national titles i know we're a bit unique in terms of when we get to the final four or elite eight even we usually win the whole thing uh you and taylor were talking about that on the last episode so i get that but man uh if anything, this run, even if it stops now, it signals it signals to college basketball that Yukon's back, the brand's back. I think it cements Hurley as as a legit coach, um, a real coach, not a one and done guy. And I can see this long term working really, really, really well. So it's it's just a really exciting year.
1: What are we at now? Year five for Hurley. it's
2: his fifth, yeah.
1: Yep. Okay. So, so he it- took
2: he took it, I think the American, the first year two years um, to both of which I don't believe we made the NCAA tournament. And then the, the following two, we lost in the first round. Um, so now, yeah,
1: did you, did in your heart of hearts, did you think it would only take five years to get back to, to this juncture?
2: <sighs> to the final four,
1: to the final four. Yes.
2: <laughs> that's lying. where you're at. <laughs> I'd be lying if I said, yes, you know, you know, I can't, you can't expect that out of, even even a program like ours, uh, I don't think you can get you can demand a Final Four within the first five years. It is, as you know, it's quite a challenge to to get there, and things have to break your way. You have to be playing the highest level of basketball that you have been all season at the exact right time. Um, and fortunately for us, it's it's kind of coming to fruition um, right now. So I, you know, I think i gotta give you credit man because you called uconn early on i mean obviously i I called uconn first but as a fan that's just something you do but you in november december i think you were texting me and you might have tweeted it that you know when this team's at its best it's a top team in the country without a doubt i know you said the same for miami so credit there too um but it's really true i mean 15 14 and 0 uh before conference play this year just manhandling teams, winning by 15 every game, Alabama, Iowa State, Oregon, just knocking them off. No problem. Oklahoma State. Um, And now we're kind of almost getting back to that. Like it feels like it's the same team I'm watching that I was in November, which is wild. Uh, Cause you know, obviously there were some, some issues in conference, some bad losses, but yeah, man, it's just peaking at the right time.
1: That's the best way to put it. So, first of all, I appreciate you acknowledging <laughs> that. I will say though that I very much spray and pray. So I have a ton of those tweets probably for yeah, a lot you know, of I know. I, I
2: know. I'm
1: I'm a, you're, I'll you're, take you're over. You're a man who
2: tweets. That. Yeah. Man,
1: yeah. Man, man, man who tweets. That's right. Uh but I yeah, I mean w- I tweeted that about UConn when you guys were struggling, quote unquote mm-hmm. struggling. And I, I remember the pivotal game that kicked off that struggling stretch, which was at Xavier. Yes. And it's it like, was
2: on new, on new Year's Eve.
1: That's right. And it's yep. like, guys, okay, Xavier on the road. It's
2: fine. I was fine with that loss. Xavier on the road. No one's complaining about that.
1: Seton Hall was the the rough one though, right? <sighs> yeah. But, uh, well, that, that was that I, after
2: we lost to St. John's at home.
1: St. John's, right yeah.
2: before that. Yeah.
1: So those were two troubling losses, but still so many people want to write teams off in December, yep. January. And I understand you got to fill content, but I never, I, I think it's so foolish because I, w- we're just going to disregard what UConn did in the non-con. You can't. And now that stats bubbling back up where everyone's just like, Hey, by the way, UConn was perfect in the non-con. And I remember after the Phil night invitational, mm-hmm. whichever uh, turn. Yeah, in, yeah. The PKI. I was like, what it, I, I said, you guys were, uh, or 50 shades of gray, just dominance.
2: <laughs> what a comparison. And,
1: and yeah. here we are again today. I mean, it's it, Moin, you got to really appreciate that. So many fans just want their team to be playing at their apex in March. And this is a historically great performance that we're seeing from UConn. I mean, you got to be shocked that you, I, there's no way you've sweat at all during this tournament. Have you maybe the first half Iona?
2: I did first half Iona um, a little bit. And then first half St. Mary's before that kid got hurt. Uh, Dukas who, who could shoot. He was just shooting the, the, the leather off the ball, but uh, I was, I was worried. I was like, this is the exact team that could take us out, you know, a, you know, smaller, but great shooters, really good with the ball, no turnovers, um, you know, just don't, don't make careless errors. I, I wasn't worried versus Arkansas really, Gonzaga is a different story. I mean, you you know my thoughts on Gonzaga for the most part uh, in March. But um, no, to your point, I'll say that I think the non-conference season for coaches that schedule it correctly, November uh, and and December, like those games are incredibly undervalued. Like they're very meaningful games against teams that you'll never see again, most likely until the NCAA tournament. And it puts you in a position where, okay, you need to you need to scout this team. You're going to play them once. Um, and it, it's the first time they're going to see you. And it's probably the last time they're going to see you, which is exactly like the tournament is, right? And so I think this year that played so much into UConn's hand. Uh, the fact that one, we were undefeated in that non-conference, but two, we came into the tournament and we're just a really kind of unconventional college basketball team. When you think about, of what Andre Jackson can do uh as like a point forward like playmaker um you know not not really your your slasher sh- three point shooter guy like he's a distributor like first and foremost um we have you know two two really good big men down low uh, everyone knows Sinogo but Klingon is spectacular i mean i think he leads the team in blocks he's I, I, a freak i mean he's a, he's a freak and he's huge I saw saw him, I saw him, I saw Klingon in Vegas um, before that, that bar night after the game, I was walking to it and he was just in the hotel, probably like calling it a night. I was just like, Hey, Donovan, great game, man. (laughs) Gave him a a quick pound. So yeah, he is just a monster. I mean, I'm six, two and a half and I was looked like an infant. It was insane. He's just probably
1: takes poops the size of you.
2: (laughs) Dinos. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's so great. no, I just think, I just think we're, uh, unconventional and it's hard for a team to prepare for us because we're not just the standard, like, Hey, we have a a really good point guard that distributes and, and doesn't turn the ball over. And we have a one good great three point shooter and one guy that can drive to the rim and, you know, applauding big man. Like we're, like, we're not your average college basketball team. And I think that's, a lot. I mean, Mark few kind of said as much right after the game, it's a lot to to prep for. Um, Yeah.
1: So these have been comprehensive, butt whoopings. And when I say comprehensive for the most part, start to finish, but what's so impressive that I've noticed is that UConn hits this insane extra gear. I'm talking, they slam the nose in their car and they go straight. Yeah. Yeah. In the second half. What second is Danny half. Hurley saying at halftime? What are you seeing in those two games? Maybe, in Because, again, you're the one that's watching them the closest. These second-half performances, what are you attributing that to?
2: I, I don't know what he's saying. Um, I'd love to know. I'd love to hear, hear it on playback before I go into work in the morning just to kind of psych myself up for the day. I think that would be – uh, what what he's saying is <laughs> is clearly some pretty motivational stuff. So, um, but no, to the naked eye, I mean, I think it's you're looking at a, and and you know, I can't say they always come out flat in the first half because they they play with teams. We've never gotten blown out uh, in the first half. I mean, really, if, if you look at all our losses all season, it's I think there's only been one or two over ten points. You know, uh, but. Yeah, it's it's taking better care of the basketball. It's converting fast break opportunities like turning, you know, turning defense uh, when Andre can turn it up and he when he gets mad on defense, it's it's a problem because then he starts the transition and it's a three on one. And we have, you know, Hawkins and Calcaterra on the wings that are both shooting. I don't know what from three, but it's pretty good. And it's just it seems like it's impossible to defend when we get like that. And and they they just make it happen like play after play after play. And if if the other team is missing shots, they just run out and do it again. And it's it's impressive to watch. It, it worries me. And I don't know, I don't think Miami is this kind of team, but it worries me if we played like a really true, slow tempoed half-court offense that love to slow the ball down, maybe like a San Diego State. We can talk about that if we get there, but um. Yeah, I I, I. I think I don't. I don't know exactly what it is, but you're certainly right in that it seems like a whole different team in in half two.
1: I forget who had mentioned it, but during halftime of the Gonzaga game, they said, "UConn comes out on with their hair on fire in the second half." Yep, and that was maybe the most impressive first four minutes of a second half that I've seen all season. And I know a lot of people are going to. Cry and complain about that, Timmy, third or fourth foul, whatever oh, it was.
2: Yeah, don't get me started. It was, yeah, it I mean, was, uh, it was domination before that happened. Come on.
1: I think it was like an 11 2 run or something yeah. to open the half. And I think I'm Andre just,
2: Jackson on Timmy, by the way, was brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, he he had what two travels in the first five minutes. Yeah. He had, he had no idea. You could tell he was going into it thinking Sonogo was going to be on him or well, at least so, uh, help, help, you know,
1: some of the, some of the defensive. Matchups that Hurley has thrown out there, some may say are peculiar, but yeah. it clearly worked against Timmy. I mean, you go back to the Providence game uh, in in the AMP, and we'll talk about Providence. In I know a, a exactly
2: little. what matchup you were about to reference. Tell me, Alex Caraban on uh, on Bryce Hopkins, right?
1: That's exactly out, right. Just,
2: just straight up, one on no help,
1: and he, he, it's, it was a head scratcher.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: but here you got Andre Jackson against one of the best college basketball players uh, of our generation. I'm okay with in saying that and drew Timmy yeah, and, sure. and it just works out. But it's, it's, so you've mentioned Andre Jackson and you mentioned even Klingon. Is there anyone outside of those two or is it the, is it those two that has impressed you the most? I mean, you've seen these, these team, this team, excuse me, live twice. Are they, the, is Andre Jackson the most impressive dude you've seen for this team during this run
2: on the floor? Yes. Um what he can do. And I think against Gonzaga, he put up like my favorite Andre Jackson line. It was seven points, seven rebounds, seven assists, maybe a couple steals. But the point is he, he disrupts on defense. He facilitates on offense. He creates offense. He creates plays without being able to shoot. I I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like it in, in college, at least on UConn, you know, that I can remember. It's like, Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to describe because teams are giving him the same way they'd give a center, they're giving him the three point line. They're back below the the foul line, right? When he's up top and he still finds ways to get hit open teammates, slash like drive to the rim and and create offense. And it, it it's kind of amazing. It really is. Um, but then the unheralded guy I've been most impressed with, and you know, he's one freshman of the week, so it's not that unheralded, but Alex, Alex Caravan is the real deal. He is the real deal. He's great. It, not just not just shooting. He his defense is great. You know, we mentioned Bryce Hopkins. He I thought he played played great against a player like Hopkins, but um he's just all over the floor. Hustle plays, makes smart plays, doesn't turn the ball over much and and can shoot the lights out from 3. So um it's it's hard to find a weakness. I mean, I know the the pundits will say point guard, but I I think Tristan Newton's holding his own. I think we got you know, some good – Calcaterra can step in there. Um, Naheem Alin from from Virginia Tech, he can step in there. He's, he's you know, stepped in great for us in limited minutes. So, um, yeah, it'll be I, – I, it's hard to find a weakness. I know I'm a homer, but um, I also know Miami's quite good as well.
1: Yeah, look, man, uh, <laughs> it is difficult to find a weakness when you're beating teams by double digits in the NCAA tournament. I was saying to Taylor, like – these are by game results. These are results mm. where you're playing against like Merrimack. No disrespect to Merrimack. NFC no, they, they
2: played great. Yeah.
1: But you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, one name you didn't mention though. Uh, I'm curious to know, are we ready to put Jordan Hawkins on the Ray Allen level? Is that too far? <laughs> I,
2: I wish he could give us an, another year or two, but um, yeah, yeah the guy, I, I've never seen a sweeter jump shot. Honestly, that thing is poetry. That is, that is, just buttermilk, man. It is. I
1: mean, it's such a quick release too. <laughs> it
2: is so quick, and he and he can do it right off a screen. Like he can do it off the dribble. It's this. It's the same, just snap release. And it's. I mean, you always think it's going in, so it's it's shocking when he misses. But, um, wow, yeah, I, I haven't given him enough credit. There's not enough time. You're <laughs> gonna cut me off soon, man.
1: No, not at all. Not at all. We're here we're here for uh for you can edit this thing, stories. right?
2: We're not subjecting all these listeners to uh be no, rambling this is the on whole about... purpose. This is the whole
1: it's nice to get some winners on this program. Man.
2: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, that was uh I know you went over it, but the Princeton game was tough. That, was, that was tough.
1: <sighs> I've I mean, until you reopened that wound, it was closing. Oh, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm looking forward to the sock season, man.
2: Tomorrow so, opening day, right?
1: Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, but uh, no, I mean, this, this vantage point of yours, this perspective is great, Moyne. So
2: can I ask you something? Of,
1: yeah, please.
2: Can you give me, you know, you've probably watched more ACC hoop than I have this year. Can you give me your, uh, you know, quick two minute scouting report on Miami and what, what to expect from there? I, I know the, I know the highlights. Uh, I know pack. I know Wong. Uh, yeah. But. You know, Miller obviously didn't miss a shot. So hopefully he can, he can miss one verse, versus us. But yeah, give me, give me the quick uh, summary of what you think you see in this game.
1: Yeah. So I was actually going to ask you about that the rest of the field. And I think you actually hit me with a Freudian slip there. I think you said AAC, (laughs) ACC, baby. You're out of the AAC. No, that was, that was,
2: that was a, a, yeah, that was a bad pronunciation. Okay. I, I, I tripped over my words as I often do. Yeah.
1: My fault. So you named obviously the, the big guys and the guards and that's what's so great about Miami. Uh, Here's what I will say. First and foremost, let me start with a bit of a storyline because I'm a sucker for storylines. Denham Brown, Josh Boone, that team, who did they get massively upset by in 2005?
2: Was it, was, it George Mason?
1: And who was their head coach?
2: <laughs> Jimmy Laranega.
1: <laughs> so, there's some history there between yeah, Mr. Laranega and yep. UConn. Uh, I would also just, I mean, Wuka Poplar and Norchad Mir. Norchad Mir is is a beast on the glass, and he's, he's kind of a load down low. They're not the biggest team ever, but I mean, and and you guys are a big team. You got Sonogo, you got you got uh, Klingon. So yep. I w- I don't know who Hurley's going to throw on Norchad Omir, but I do love him, and I think it's wildly impressive. And albeit that he's played, that Miami's made this run with him on a bum ankle, and then I think they were dealing with some other injuries. But I'd watch out for Wooga Poplar
2: as yeah, well. Yeah, that's a name you don't hear as much than the it's other a great name before, too. But yeah, <laughs> Wuga.
1: Yeah, it's uh, a great name. It. Can't beat no. it. So I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to that matchup. And why don't why don't we dive into that matchup? Yukon, Miami. First of all, we got three teams that are so close to the beach. And then we got stores, Connecticut. <laughs> um so, but yeah, Miami, Yukon, what are you seeing? What's the scuttle uh and and what's your confidence level? I mean, because it's interesting, Boyne, right? You got you got all these, you got four amazing performances under your belt probably the four best performances of the season. And now, you know, it, it, you want to think that it's going to be a dogfight. Uh, I'm assuming that's how you're approaching it.
2: Yeah. It, it kind of has to be, you know, I can't going into Gonzaga. I was, I was like, Oh, this is going to be a one or two point game. You know, this team, this seems the real deal as they normally are. And, uh, did not, I don't think anyone saw that coming, but, uh, yeah, I'm going into it. I mean, you can't, you can't discredit what Miami's done this year. They, they're co-winners of the ACC, right? They have they have Wong, who's like a you know a wooden award candidate, right? They have Miller, who's incredibly underrated. Omier, as you said, uh, went to the elite eight last year. Have a great coach. I mean, what what more do you need to say here? This is a this is a legitimate uh, national tighter title contender. Despite I don't care what their seed was, you know, and you knew that too. So I, it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge. Uh, I will say I don't know. The Miami Hoops. If we have any any listeners out there, I don't know how their fan base travels uh, or what to expect there, but I can tell you that from Connecticut, uh, fans will be coming down and bringing the heat. Um, well, fortunately, I live in Austin, Texas, uh, so I'm a two hour drive. We have some friends flying to us tomorrow, and we're all gonna gonna drive out there to Houston on Friday. But I know flights are pretty much out of commission from the New England, from you know. Boston, New York, Hartford—it's—it's going to be—it's hard to find one now. Uh, I'm seeing on Twitter, so uh, fans are going to travel. People are going to take this seriously. Um, we haven't had a game this this exciting since 2014, which you know—that's know a long time. That's a, a decade. <laughs> sure. Come on, man!
1: Don't talk to me it's, about it's that. not
2: like we get a uh, elite eight, uh, you know, sweet sixteen, elite eights every year like like some program I know.
1: Yeah, but what you do is, and I, I said this last, last time, you go you go dormant for about 10 years, you're sleeping, and when you wake up, <laughs> when you wake up no there's no. no
2: eleven no, and fourteen were only three three years apart, so that's belong. true. But when you go credit. dormant,
1: and then when you wake up, there's no wiping the crusties out, there's no like <laughs> stretching, you guys jump out of bed and you hit it hard and you get to a final four. It's really amazing. It's but more than of- you talked to you go ahead yeah
2: no no I, I agree i agree it's just kind of the way the seasons progress like i mentioned they just peaked at the right time and uh it's it's been fun
1: you talked about the travel moin. um how was vegas like how, where was the Yukon fandom would you say it was the we best got, represented because you got ucla and also uh, gonzaga fans there too
2: ucla was insane uh, that was part of the problem is I think they had three quarters of the entire T-Mobile arena. Uh, ha- half the building was empty for the first half of our game. Cause UCLA fans hadn't filtered in yet from the bars. So once we got towards the end, like towards the start of UCLA, Gonzaga, uh, yeah, UCLA. Um, um, it was Gonzaga. Yeah. Gonzaga. Sorry. Then it was mayhem. Sea of sea of light blue, which makes sense. They're they're Three hour drive. Um, but we got, we, I would say Arkansas out us, I was impressed with their, how well they traveled, uh, to Vegas. They, they were definitely feeling it off that win over Kansas and, you know, <laughs> it didn't help that I was in the, uh, Arkansas section, but that, they were quite loud. They remember you though. Oh, they do. I hope they, they'll never, I hope you. they go to sleep with my voice in their heads.
1: I'm sure they will. Now, oh. so you're you're traveling to Houston though, and you were there for a Sox ALCS game, where I think that was was that the game where they dropped like 19 runs?
2: It was two now, grand they slams w- in the first inning. That was that game. That they was the last lost time that
1: was series though, right?
2: Yes, but that's that was the only game I went to. So I'm gonna say, you know, that's good juju for New England uh, sports. Great juju,
1: yeah. Man, Houston, Houston is gonna be a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited. Hey, let me ask you this also, Moyne, and and I'm gonna allow you to shine your dancing shoes so you can two step on a particular <laughs> fan base. Providence. Does it feel good? I <laughs> it, know if I mean, you want it, to get me started? I do. This is good audio, man. I love the I love the Providence fan base. I love the crier. He does great work. He does. But let's 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 take a look at these two fan bases <laughs> from that game that we referenced when Caravan was guarding. Uh, Bryce Hopkins, and you suffered a loss in the amp to where we are today. All right. So Ed Cooley has since departed. Kim English is now at PC. You guys are in the final four. A lot (laughs) of trash talk between the fans. The ball's in your court now.
2: Yeah. I don't even know what to do with it. That's the thing. I was just fed the ball, and I've never been a huge Twitter presence from the get-go, but – we, you know, us as as a fan base are just fed the ball right now with a wide open hoop, and it's like, what do we, what do we do? Do we take the the high road and say, um, yeah, you guys, you know, you're you're great fans, you you know, you'll put it together next year. Came English is a good coach. You guys will make it happen. Or do we take the Providence road? Where it's dragged through the mud and say, you guys are essentially George Mason 2.0 in the Big East next year, which is, you might not win a game, right? Like, I mean, Ed Cooley left you, brought all his players with him, brought all, you know, he's like, what what do you even say? I don't know. I don't know. But I've tried my best for the most part to take the high road. I did admittedly text the crier once during the weekend um, after I had had a few cocktails just to make sure it was sufficiently rubbed in his face uh that we were going to the final four but other than that i'm, I'm going to do my best to be a um you know a good good uh, you know good sport good winner and wish them luck uh wish them well gosh you're you, i mean i
1: i just figured this was a nice little <laughs> footnote uh along the way here for you con fans
2: yeah no i mean C- cooley brought them a long way i don't think there's any Debating that, right? From when he started, which was, I think we were still in college, right? Yeah, I think so which, too. That that dates us to cut that part out. <laughs> don't don't include that. All right. So, anyway, he's been there a long time, 12, 12 something years. And they were, do you remember them in the big east before Ed Cooley?
1: Awful with Keenan oh, Davis.
2: Man, were they bad? Like terrible. Two easy wins every single year. I think Hashim Thabit blocked like 15 uh shots one game against them, like in Providence. I mean, it, it was insane. And he brought them to, you know, arguably top three or four programs in the Big East over time consistently. And that's really impressive, right? Even though he left, the, the program's still what it is. It's still a, a good brand. It's still, they still have good facilities and um, players will want to go there. So um, yes, I'm, I'm definitely rooting for them because it's good for the Big East as a whole. Uh, it's just, man, do they get on your nerves? Oh oh boy. Every single (laughs) one of those guys on Twitter just grinds you down. Um, but I did have one question for you, Sub: is how well do you think the Big East showed up for this tournament compared to other conferences? And how much does this put the Big East as, Hey, these guys are, this is, this is a real power conference here.
1: 100%. And you know it's so funny. I'm not. I, I promise I'm not kissing your ass here, but lead, lead, lead by the front. UConn, UConn's back. They lead and and they power it through. But credit to Creighton, who I think oh, yeah. personally got jobbed at the end of that game against that San tough. Diego State. I thought no, I don't. It's a no call, right? I think it's a no call. A little hand um, check.
2: Yeah, uh, it's I, tough. It,
1: I, I, I'm just uh, look. Here's what I would tell people who are just like that's a clear foul. Move on. Uh, if your favorite team got knocked out on a call like that, you would not be the sane or level-headed. I know that for a fact. All right. So I feel for Creighton, but all, although they didn't shoot very well, but Creighton had an awesome run. And then yeah, you know, obviously UConn doing well.
2: Yeah, uh, Xavier, Xavier did. They what made the Sweet Sixteen, which as first as year. Pretty much, yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: they they did well. Uh, who, who are some other teams that were missing there from the big I mean Providence made the tournament and I, yeah. I think you, they did as well as you could expect with a head coach who had like one foot out the yeah.
2: door against you Kentucky know. to a good Kentucky against Kentucky, Kentucky too yeah
1: Yeah and and the entire year we got Don't inundated. Forget Marquette. Marquette, Marquette you know yeah. they,
2: they should they probably you know shouldn't have lost that game to to um Michigan State <clears throat> Michigan State yeah but uh I thought that you know they they obviously had a great season
1: Amazing season. And yeah. we just get inundated with this Big 12, Big 10 propaganda. And first of all, the Big 10, like if you actually looked at the standings, it was very meh. I'm not yeah. shocked that the Big 10 didn't do so well. And there's some crazy stat about the amount of teams that have been in the tournament from the Big 10 that have not made the Elite Eight or Sweet 16, whatever it is. That's pretty shocking. Uh, Kansas State was the flag bearer there for the Big 12, which I thought was a good conference, but I was shocked with Kansas. Texas, Who knows too. how texas was great yes you're right um so texas and k-state were and isn't it funny how that breaks right you got two (laughs) basically first-year head coaches
2: yeah it's wild stuff only only college basketball
1: but the big east was was phenomenal moyn i'm gonna get you out of here on a a couple of uh, other here quick hitters i know you don't want to look ahead but you sort of mentioned the apprehension of playing against a team like a San Diego state, which is very much on the table. Have you looked at that other side of the bracket with STSU and FAU? And is there anyone you, you, I know you're only caring about Miami, but is yep. there anyone you'd rather play?
2: I got to tell you it's San Diego state is worrisome the way they play. Uh, I watched that FAU Memphis game and that was mayhem. Did you see like the last, five, 10 minutes of that game. FAU Uh, is really good. I mean, they they can put it together and even when they're down, it's, it's not a big deal. They don't panic. Like you see a lot of mid majors just like launching threes and stuff. They just work their stuff. They keep going. None of them panic. It's like a seasoned, really just solid team. And uh, neither of them are, are Cinderella's in my eyes. Neither of them are easy wins. Um, But if we're going just based on my untrained eye matchups to Connecticut, I'd probably not want to see San Diego state. So I'd have to deal with, I'd have to deal with the owls, but I, you know, I'm not going to look at it. Whatever happens, happens. I'm not going to care. It's one game at a time. It has been the whole time. Uh, And yeah, this is going to be a fun weekend and hopefully a fun next Monday.
1: It's going to be incredible, man. Uh, So Last question for you. This Shoot. has kind of been bubbling here for the last couple of years now, Moin. I am ready to put UConn in the blue blood status. Mm. Are you guys a blue blood?
2: You asked me this two years ago when I came on. Did I really? Yeah, yeah. And then I don't know if I had a solid answer for you. And now I think this run, like I mentioned for, for Hurley and for the brand, of Connecticut basketball, I think this final four puts us, puts us back in that, in that mix, right? We are, we are, you can't deny, I mean, everyone that, everyone that uh, defines blue blood talks about, you know, wins from 70 years ago, 60 years ago, 50 years ago, but how, do, how do you, you know, UCLA and, and, and Kansas and Kentucky and UNC and Duke, but how do you, quantify a team that's relatively recent. I mean, four titles in the last five years, 25 three different years, head coaches, three different head coaches. It, it's hard to doubt that brand as, as a, as a true blue blood. So th- no one's ever going to agree. Probably maybe if we win this, uh, we'll, we'll sway a lot more people if we get number five, cause then that'll be more than any team in, in that timeframe. So, um, We'll just have to. We'll have to see. But I'll keep having those arguments with college basketball fans. Because man, I don't think I don't think Connecticut gets the respect it deserves. And granted, we we're off the map for seven years uh, in the American Conference, and that whole realignment really was unfortunate. But we're back clearly in a big way. So <laughs> college basketball is going to have to deal with us, man.
1: Back big time, man. Yeah. And, and I mean. You have the the best of both worlds, I say, right? You're not over here talking about 20, 27 rings, like, like Yankees fans from <laughs> so long ago. You have four since 1999.
2: Yeah. When you put it that way, it's kind of crazy.
1: That's what I'm saying. You don't have to, it's you don't of- have to pull out like, like Reagan administration titles. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got, you got George W. Bush titles. Right. And
2: right that's the um, amazing part yeah f- um, it's been it's been a fun ride I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for you know any other program so we'll see I'm, I'm a little nervous but excited excited for I the bet weekend. you are
1: man hey yeah. Moin uh, safe travels to Houston thanks so much Appreciate for jumping it. on I'm going to be bugging you for any sort of updates it may not be Vegas but it is the final four have a blast my man
2: hey I'll be sure to tweet at uh, CBB theater again man I'll give you I'll give you the insight where I'm at
1: some boots on the ground. Thanks
2: for having me on, Sue. You're welcome, Vince. You, Thanks. Buddy. See ya.
1: All right. We want to thank Moyne again for jumping on. A lot of fun. Some hilarious stories there from Vegas and wishing him safe travels. Uh, and best of luck in Houston. Very, very jealous. I could not be more jealous of the man. I mean, how how do the things that have broken properly for him? I mean, he had to make his way to Vegas, of course, but UConn just demolishing everything in their path, doesn't even have to sweat out a game, maybe the first half against Iona. And then the final four is only two hours away from, from where he lives. <laughs> He's taking advantage of it, though. I know some people that wouldn't take advantage of it. That said, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if UConn's in this damn final four in five years' time, and 10 years' time, and he can make plans then. That's one program that you know is going to be in a final four maybe once every eight to 10 years. It seems as if that's just the case doesn't even matter who the head coach is. I could be the head coach. Moyn could be the head coach. Moyn's wife could be the head coach. Who knows? Doesn't matter. You just know UConn is one of those programs that just gets it done. And when they get into March, albeit for the last couple of years, but when they get to March, it's showtime. And, and it's got to be feel so great to know that you have this pedigree to that and this track record of going so far in the tournament. Uh, so very jealous of him, but happy for him as well. This is just a, a great dose of fun for the UConn fans. And I'm sure they're going to take over Houston. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what the final four looks like, but want to thank Moyne one more time before we get on out of here, enjoy the final four folks. I can't believe this season is coming to an end. It's really bittersweet. It really is bittersweet, but we couldn't have asked for a more intriguing or compelling final for it. In my estimation, think back to the last year, it was all blue bloods. That was awesome. This time, no seed higher than a four. And that's, that's the Yukon Huskies, but we got three teams from the beach and one from farm Connecticut. And we'll see who comes out on top. We'll catch you next time here on theater and college hoops, where we will have a national champion. Take care.